Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right. So I think we were tricked. Um, the Vikings coming off of two impressive wins. One on the road against the Chargers, and then another at home against the Packers. Um, Lose on the road to the 49ers on Sunday in Week 12. They lost to the 49ers 34-26. You know, the Vikings had a chance to tie the game up in the fourth quarter. They had the ball. uh, Robbie Gold missed a a field goal kick to pretty much seal the game up for, for the 49ers, and he missed it. So the Vikings got the ball back. They got a chance. They made uh, a few plays, but in the end, they just couldn't get it done. Uh, it wasn't their day. It, it really, really wasn't. Just didn't feel like it. At first, it did. In the first half, it felt like, you know, it was kind of back and forth between the Niners and, and the Vikings. But once they got in the second half, it, it felt like the, the Niners had control pretty much of the whole second half. 
Um, you know, Kirk Cousins threw an interception and it kind of just seemed like to kind of unravel after that. Dalvin Cook went down, you know, Anthony Barr went down, Christian Derrissaw went down. Um, but the Vikings, they still held, they still, you know, held in their tough, still fought. They didn't win. They just seemed like, you know, and pat like in past losses, they were just gassed. Like the defense was gassed. They couldn't get off the field. Um, and then when the offense got on the field, there just wasn't enough time left to, to make anything happen. Just, um, it's one of those games where, you know, Mike, I think Mike Zimmer after the game said he's, he's proud of his team, proud of the way they fought and everything. I think Eric Kendricks kind of reiterated the same thing. Like they played well for, you know, the guys they had on the field, you know, they didn't have Dalvin Cook for a good portion of the second half. They were without pretty much their entire, you know, top starting defensive line. Um, so they they did what they could do. Things went pretty poorly. You know, they turned the ball over a couple times, and they still only lost by eight. They still had a chance to tie the game at the end of, you know, the fourth quarter, and just just didn't work out. It was on the road. Uh, the crowd was pretty pretty loud in San Francisco, so it just didn't happen. Vikings are five and six now. They are still the number seven seed in the NFC. Um, they will move to the number eight seed if the Washington Football Team defeats the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. So they are five and six. They are still the number seven seed though in the NFC. All right, since they lost. Typically in re- well, typically in recaps, uh, we like I like to go over the negatives and the positives uh, for from from each game. And since the Vikings lost, we're gonna go over the negatives first. So let's just get right into that. So just right off the bat, the Dalvin Cook injury. Um, I'm hoping that it looked worse than it actually is. It it's reportedly a dislocated shoulder. We don't know the severity of it. We'll have to. We'll probably find out more on on Monday. He's going to get an MRI, and we'll find out more on that if it's you know if he if he needs surgery or it's something that he can just maybe hope. Maybe if he does need surgery, can he hold it off till after the season? You know, something like that. Um, you know, it could just be something simple where it looked worse, but he's only got to miss a game or two or something like that. Um, but he's, he's played through injuries before, so, um, I'm curious to see how this one turns out. It, yeah, it definitely did not look good. Um, he had to be carted off the field with a, with a shoulder injury. I, I, you don't usually see that. Uh, you don't usually see guys carted off the field with, with a shoulder injury. I think it might have just been easier, uh, given where he, his position maybe was in the field to just not walk all the way back to the locker room. Um, speaking of injuries, Anthony Barr, I mentioned, and, and Christian Derrissaw earlier also left with injuries. Barr has been battling a knee issue all season. We didn't really find out exactly why he wasn't playing in the second half. He kind of went down and just then went to the sideline and just didn't come back in. You know, Nick Vigil took over his, his calling the place for the defense, um, and he did okay. And then Christian Derrissaw went out, uh, and Rashad Hill replaced him for the rest of the game, so that'll be something to keep an eye on, because Derrissaw on the field is a much better 
option than Rashad Hill on the field. Rashad Hill, he went in today. He was okay, but that's what he's that's what he's there for. He's he's in there for a couple drives, a couple plays, not not the whole game. Um, so hopefully the injuries to all three of these players, Dalvin Cook, Anthony Barr, and, and Christian Darius are not uh, injuries that will keep them out a significant amount of time. Because if if the Vikings lose. I feel like if they lose Barr, they can they can get by. If they lose Derisaw, I, I guess they can get by because they 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 found a way to win or or play okay earlier in the year without him. Um, but if Devil Cook's out for a significant amount of time, it's probably okay to put the you know put a cap on on the season. It's just uh, doesn't look like they have a lot of chances to. If they, even if they got into the playoffs, I'm not. I wouldn't feel confident in them, and then them making much noise if if Dalvin Cook's not healthy enough to even just play in the playoffs. Um, another negative: the Vikings' defense. You know, they did what they could do with who they had on the field. They had no, obviously, no Daniel Hunter. He's out for the season. No Michael Pierce is on injured reserve. No Delvin Delvin Thompson because he had to miss the game because he went on the COVID list and no Everson Griffin because um, he just went on the non-football illness list. Um, shout out to Everson Griffin. Ho- hopefully he's doing much better these days and uh, his mental health is is improving more and more as each day goes by. But, but the Vikings defense, they gave up 208 rushing yards to the Niners. To the 49ers who like who who are the running backs for the 49ers that you know i guess they're Elijah Mitchell you know i i couldn't i i couldn't tell you De, debo samuel did well getting some carries today but he's a wide receiver um you know it just wasn't wasn't good and that's the second time in the last four weeks that the Vikings have given up over 200 yards on the ground to their opponent. Um, so you can't exactly attribute it all to, well, you know, they didn't have Devin Tomlinson, they didn't have Everson Griffin, and Anthony Barr was out for, you know, a good amount of time in the second half. Their rushing defense hasn't been good all year long. They are, you know, in the bottom part of the rankings for rushing yards allowed. It's just... it. It's not good. So it wasn't surprising because the 49ers ers are a very good rushing team. So it wasn't surprising that they did so well running the ball. What was surprising was that the Vikings, I guess maybe it didn't seem like they put more effort into stopping the run and kind of just making Jimmy G beat them. I would have liked to see them maybe put some more guys in the box or, or bring more guys up to the, you know, line of scrimmage or, or just to stop the try and stop the run more and make Jimmy G beat them and I don't I don't feel like they did like he there was a couple times where yeah he he hit some guys but he's not he's not gonna gash you for yards and if he is then, then good for him but the Vikings knew going into this game that the 49ers were good at running the ball and guess what they were right, and it didn't really seem like they had a game plan, I guess, to really stop them. 
Um, because I feel like most teams would be like, okay, let's stop the run and force Jimmy G to to beat us. And the Vikings didn't do that. Maybe they just don't have the resources to do that. You know, they were working with depleted defensive line and Anthony Barbie now. So maybe they just maybe they wanted to, but they just didn't they just didn't have it. But that really that was a huge part of the reason why the Vikings lost today. It's just they couldn't stop the run, they couldn't get off the field. It was just it's just it was the defense was gassed at the end of the game because of this. They couldn't stop the run. So they gotta figure that out. They really do. Whether it's this season or in the off season. If Mike Zimmer's the coach or somebody else is the coach, they gotta figure out a way to stop their opponents from running all over them. Get some guys in there that can stop the run. Just it's important. It really is. Uh, moving on to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. A great first half. I think he, threw, he threw two touchdowns. I think he threw for almost 150 yards. I think he had a rating, quarterback rating over 130. He looked really good. He made some good throws. But then came the second half. Where he threw an interception. I think he threw for only like 90 yards. He had a passer rating of 44. He lined up under the right guard um, on a play near in the fourth quarter where they're, you know, trying to score. Um, and he just said, like, he things were going on and he just lined up under the wrong guy. Like, it was just something normal. Like, you know, everybody does it. I just lined up under the right guard. Like, it's no big deal. It happens. No, no, it doesn't. Um, he's in what his eleventh, tenth year, and this stuff is still going on. Where you know, you know, you remember back in the day when he kneeled the ball down instead of spiking it to when time was running out uh, when he was with the Washington Football Team, um, and now he's doing. He still he still does stuff like this all the time. Not maybe not as frequently, but you know. The dude's in his 10th or 11th year, and he's lining up under the right guard? Like, and he's he's got a cap hit of $45 million next year? Like, no. Like, this people, I feel like people are expecting Kirk Cousins to turn this sort of corner. And, oh, yes, yes, I know he has, like, these great stats and everything this year, but, it, but the Vikings are 5-6. and six. Um... And you can blame the defense or whatever. But if Kirk Cousins plays in the second half like he played in the first half, the Vikings win that game. It's uh, not difficult to figure that out. That they would walk off that field with a win if Kirk Cousins played in the second half like he played in the first half. Um, But at this point, he just is who he is. I think last week against the Packers... He probably had one of the best games of his career, if not the best game. And I think this week showed that last week was probably not the norm. Because he's had some games like that in his career, but they're not frequent. They're not. The game that we saw today against the Niners, that's more frequent for, for Kirk Cousins. Um... And in the offseason, the Vikings got to figure out what they want to do. 
If they want to keep him, if they want to trade him, you know, some team's going to want him. If they want to trade him, people are like, oh, who's going to trade for Kirk Cousins? Some team's going to want him. Um, but yeah, like, he is who he is. He's not going to turn a corner. He's not going to, you know, just find something in his game that he's he's never discovered before. He is who he is. But at the same time, the Vikings have to look next year and see, like, is there anyone that we can get who's who's better? Because Kirk Cousins, he's he's a decent quarterback. He can he can make the throws. But this is also what you get with him. What they what the Vikings need to do if they keep him is to make an offense where they don't have to I guess rely on him. You know, quicker passes to just get the ball out of his his hands and in their playmakers' hands as quick as possible and let them dictate how the how successful the offense is. Don't don't let Kirk Cousins do it. Let keep him in there, throw a couple deep shots a game, but just get the ball out of his hands. Don't don't let him drop back and, and look at his reads and you know, just run around with the chicken with his head cut off. Don't don't do that. So last week I don't think was the norm. This week was what what most of us are used to seeing from Kirk Cousins. Um so we'll have to see. Next week he'll play the Lions and, and probably throw for like four touchdowns. People will be like, Well see look. Look what we did to the Lions who haven't won a game this year. Alright, uh wrapping up the negatives. Just Greg Joseph just missed an extra point. Um I don't really think it had much of an impact on the game because they lost by eight. Uh, but, you know, I guess it kind of did because if they got the, the two on the the second, on the touchdown they had to pull within, uh, I think, what what they pull within for? Uh, let's see. Pulled within, yeah, 26. It was 31-26 when they got the, the kickoff return. Um, and they went for two after that, and it failed. But if Greg Joseph made the extra point earlier in the game, they wouldn't have had to go for two, and it could have been just a three-point game. Um, still in the you know going in into the fourth quarter, um, but that didn't happen. But then, but then the the Niners pulled ahead with another uh, field goal, which put them ahead. Which would have put them ahead by by six, even if the Vikings cut the lead to three. So, in the end, it really didn't matter. But at the same time, it's like, come on, you know, make the extra point. Like it, it just when you think like the kicking is, is not a factor for the Vikings, it comes right back, and it is. All right, we will take a little break here, and then come back and do some positives. All right. There were some positives to come out of this Vikings loss, as disappointing as it was for the Vikings to to not get their third win in a row, to not get a a record over 500 for the first time since the 2019 season, since the final week in the 2019 season. The Vikings have not had a record over 500 since the final week in the 2019 season. That's a little too long. That's a little too long. Um, so if that doesn't happen this year, if they don't get over 500, then some, 
some things need to happen. Uh, and to the staff, to the front office, whatever has to happen to get them over 500 next year. Because that's, you know, unacceptable. All right. So some positives. The Vikings kept fighting. All game. They had a chance to win the end. You know, they were down at one point. They were down 14 points. They came right back on the next drive. Drove down the field. You know, Alexander Madison punched it in. You know, they, they kept their composure, as people like to say. And they pulled with an eight. Made a one-score game. And then what the Niners kicked a, a field goal, go up 11. And then Kene Wangwu had the... The kickoff return for a touchdown, which is also a positive. That was his second kickoff return for a touchdown in the last four weeks. What, he had one against the Ravens, um, and he had one today. And watching him return that football today, I felt I just felt like every time he got it, I felt like he was a block or two away from breaking uh, for, for a touchdown. And when it happened, I was like, oh, he's gone, because he's just got this ridiculous speed. So once he gets past, you know, basically one or two guys that are kind of in the back, he's gone. Like, no one's going to catch him. He's got ridiculous speed. No one's going to catch him. So I like him. He, I see a lot of people asking for uh, Wong Wu to get more time in the offense, you know, trying to figure out a role for him. But we have to remember he's a rookie. He just started playing four or five weeks ago. Um so at the same time, you know, it's it's not going to be as simple as, as some people might think. Um, so if if Dalvin Cook goes down, obviously he's probably going to get more more touches on the offensive side of the ball. But I still think the majority of the work would go to Alexander Madison um, until maybe in a few weeks, maybe Wong can can get up to speed a little quicker. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. Um, also positives: Adam Thielen, two touchdowns in the first half, in the first quarter. He had these two touchdowns. Um, I mean, all this dude does is just catch touchdowns. Seriously. like, I mean, is it every game this year that he's caught a touchdown? Because it, it certainly feels like it. I don't think it is. Um, in fact, I know it. it isn't. But it just feels like every week. Let's see. There's one, two, three, three games that Adam Thielen has not caught a touchdown this year. So the Vikings have played 12 games and no 11 games, I'm sorry, and he has caught a touchdown in 8 of those games. He's got a touchdown in five, 1 2 3 4 1 2 3 4 5 6 5 of his last 6 games. All all he does is score touchdowns. He's he's the modern day Chris Carter. No, not not quite. He's I'm don't think he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. But he lives up to that that you know that that moniker or whatever that you give to, to Kirk, Kirk not Kirk Cousins. Wow. To Chris Carter. To all all he does is catch touchdowns. Chris Carter, speaking of which, Justin Jefferson was was wearing a Chris Carter shirt today during warm ups. Last week he had the Randy Moss shirt on. Today he had the Chris Carter shirt on. Apparently not, uh, didn't bring him as much good luck as it did last week as the Randy Moss shirt did. Not surprised because Randy Moss is the GOAT. Um, no offense to Chris Carter, but Randy Moss is uh, the greatest wide receiver to ever play in the NFL. 
Uh, maybe Justin Jefferson will be uh, take over that title. Hopefully he does. All right, moving on. Harrison Smith gets an interception. It was a nice, nice play by him. Classic Harrison Smith, just making a play. Um, and that that's what he did. He got an interception. Um, just seems to always be in the right spot to to make a play and. You know, he's in his 10th, 11th year, and he's still making making plays like that. As much as people like to say that, you know, his plays regressed, not not everyone can make the plays that he does, where he just goes back into coverage. He pretty much knows where the ball's going to go and just snatches it out of the air. Um, so that was, that was nice to see. Another positive. Multiple NFC teams in the playoff hunt also lost this week. We had the Panthers losing to the Dolphins. We had the Eagles losing to the Giants. What? What are you doing, Eagles? Um, also had the Rams losing to the Packers. I know people are like, oh, the Rams, we're not, we're not, you know, the Vikings are not, you know, in a, going to catch up to the Rams or anything like that. I mean, the Rams have lost three, three games in a row. Who says they're going to win a game anytime? They're seven and four. The Vikings are what two games behind them, and they play each other in like three or four weeks. So it's not crazy to think that those that the Vikings and Rams could have the same record in a couple weeks. As crazy as some might seem, you know they got a super team. Apparently, that's what they like to tell you. But uh, no, they're not. So as disappointing as the Vikings' loss was on Sunday, a bunch of other teams. In the playoff on in the NFC, also lost. So that that was a positive, I guess, a silver lining, you could say. So yes, they still are. Like I mentioned that earlier in the show, they still the Vikings are still the number seven seed in the NFC, and they will be they'll, they'll move down to the number eight seed if um, Washington beats Seattle on Monday night. One of the last positives is just looking ahead at the schedule. The Vikings get to play the Lions, Steelers, Bears, and Rams in their next four games. And these four teams in their last three games are com- have a combined record of 1-9-2. and two. These four teams have combined to win one game in their last three games. They're 1-9-2. So if you're, if you're the Vikings or you're a Vikings fan... You got to look at that and, and think that the season's very far from being over. Playoffs are very, very much still in reach. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not worried about the Vikings going to Detroit next week and being the, the first team to lose to the Lions. I'm not going to say I'm not worried about that because that's just something I could see happening to the Vikings. I think if you've ever rooted for the Vikings, you would probably agree that it's a possibility. But at the same time, I don't think Kirk Cousins has lost to the Lions since he's been with the Vikings. Not that that really matters. It it doesn't. Um, But they get to play the Lions, the Steelers, who just, they got blown out by the Bengals today. Uh, The Bears, just Matt Nagy. Looks like he's probably still going to be the coach, which is good for the Vikings. Um, and the Rams, like I just mentioned, lost three in a row. So, 
And then they play the, I believe the Vikings play the Packers, and then they close out the year against the Bears. So this next stretch, this final stretch of games, to get in the playoffs, the Vikings probably have to win at least four, probably five games, uh, their next six, to get into the playoffs. And the, the way that their schedule is set up, that's completely doable. I could see them beating the Lions, Steelers, beating the Bears twice. That's four wins. And then they won at Lambeau last year. They could beat them. And, you know, the Rams are struggling. So they could beat them. That game's in, in U.S. Bank. So it's they've got they've got a very good chance to to still get in the playoffs. But if they don't, it's going to be bad. Uh, for the Vikings. It's not it's not going to be good. Alright, that's going to do it for me today. Make sure to follow the Vikings on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.